This is Chris Barnes with Columbia 300, and you're listening to Above180.com podcast with Tim Berg and Joe Serrar. Looking for some added competition? Having a hard time finding a tournament in your area? Tired of all the added expenses in traveling to a tournament? VirtualTournaments.com was designed to allow bowlers to use their league scores towards a national tournament. VirtualTournaments.com has multiple divisions available, along with brackets and high-game side pots. Visit VirtualTournaments.com today for information. VirtualTournaments.com. Real bowlers, real scores, real money. Jet Bowling is a proud sponsor for Above180.com. Want your score to soar with a new Jet Altitude or any other great ball in the current lineup? Go to www.jetbowling.com, enter coupon ABOVE180, and listeners can get a great discount. Jet Bowling, taking your game to maximum altitude. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowlers Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is USBC Hall of Famer and Gold Certified Coach Bill Spigner. Bill, Tim Berg, and Joe Serrar, thanks for hopping on with us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I uh, hope they're having a good day there where you guys are at. Bill, I want to begin with uh, talking about, uh, you're very active with the youth program there in the Chicagoland area. Just talk about some of your accomplishments of some of the teams and, and really what you're seeing with youth bowling as you go around and, and your observations helping with the youth programs. Well, I've been uh, coaching high school bowling for nine years, and we've had a successful program. Uh, we finished second in the state of Illinois the last two years. We had a third-place finish, and uh, overall we've, we've done very well uh, you know, for me, it's uh, being able to give back to the youth in a, in a daily manner like that, to you're kind of molding their life a little bit and teaching them how to bowl, and, you know, you have the time to work with them, so you see enormous improvements. And in Illinois, high school bowl is going great. I know Wisconsin is going great. Wisconsin is a club sport. Illinois is a, a letter sport for the, for the boys and the girls. But either way, it's really, really good. And uh, it, it's kind of the growth of our sport today. If we don't have high school bowling, it's gonna, we're not going to have bowlers later to, to replace kind of us as the replacement bowlers. And you know, the thing that I'd like to see is I'd like to see it get into the junior highs. And the uh, Rockford area in Illinois has it. Uh, there's other areas around the country that have some of it. But uh, we really need to get bowling into that area and get people to – to learn how to bowl at a younger age so they have basics and so that when they get a little older in life, they want to come back to a sport they already know something about. And uh, I think that's uh, the future of it. But, you know, I see kids love it, and uh, when they get better at something, they, they like to do it more. And uh, one of the things with the high school bowling with the parents, the parents love it. And the parents love it when the kids have something they, they can do and they enjoy doing, and the parents can watch, and it's uh, it's actually teaching them a life skill, and that's where bowling is one of the best sports there is. But it's such a hidden sport, and it doesn't get the, the notoriety, so a lot of kids don't get into it. Yeah, you know, Bill, you're right. In uh, Wisconsin here, at least southeastern Wisconsin, we're seeing some of the bowling programs begin in the middle schools. You know, kind of a training ground or a farm system, if you want to call it that, for the high schools. And it can do nothing but help the sport grow 
and and you're right, replace bowlers who've you know passed age 50, and you know a lot of us tend to retire eventually, and without new bowlers coming into the sport and learning, you know all the you know the fun the sport has to offer, uh, there there wouldn't be replacements. Yes, it's yeah. The, the excitement of uh, high school bowling is pretty amazing, and I know college bowling is exciting, but high school is more. It's it's amazing we have matches and we bowl other schools and we have home and home matches in our conference. We form the league, and you, you get rivalries. And, and if you're you're the better team, and we've won our conference three years in a row, and we're the team that everybody wants to beat. And if a team that's not so good beats us a game, the, the, the feeling they have, because we, we have, we actually have a nine point system. We get two points for every game and three points for total. And I put the three points in for total at the end, uh, so that if you won one game in total, you won five points to four, so you actually won the match. So anyways, if a team beats a better team, for one game, it makes their season almost sometimes. Some of the teams that aren't so good and, and you really, feel good for them that they actually even beat you, which is kind of a weird thing to think about. You know, it's, uh, and I, I coach so many of the young kids from the other schools in private lessons that you, you, you build up a relationship with them and you know what they're going through. You know what your guys are going through, working hard every day to get better. And uh, you just feel good when a team does good and it makes a difference in their day for, for bowling. So it's, and then the, and the cheering and everything in high school is just, uh, it's really a lot of fun to listen to the parents and cheering and the kids, and so it's it's a very exhilarating environment. Well, so, you know, Bill, I, I've watched high school bowling matches as well, and it seems more genuine with with the cheering and and interaction between the teams than sometimes you see in collegiate events. You know that I've watched on UStream and the like. It almost seems a little bit forced, or like there's cheering all the time, no matter what the player throws. You know, they get a three count in it, and they come back cheering and clapping. But in high school bowling, you don't see as much of that. It, it, it seemed to be more genuine. Do you agree with that? I, I agree 100% with that. Yeah, I agree watching some of the uh, college bowling, you know, it's, uh, they're huddling and cheering on every shot. and uh, it, I guess it's to keep their uh, adrenaline flowing and their emotions high, and, you know, it's so easy to get high and low with your emotions in bowling. You can you throw a strike, and my, my son Robbie, I'll bring him as an example, when he was younger, he would get a strike, and he would fist pump and slap his hands and just be so emotionally charged. And the next shot, he'd throw a bad shot, and he'd go really, really low. So, it's you know, it's hard to strike that balance. And maybe the college bowling, the, 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 they're trying to keep a, a, a level of intensity and balance all the way through, so if you're high all the time, you have that. If if you have swings, and the high school kids have swings, and you you got to kind of root the, you know with with us. If a, a guy has a bad shot, we you know you console him a little bit. You say, okay, come on, we'll go to the next shot. And we make it a real team environment, and so you got to keep them you know emotionally charged all the time to do well, but within the framework of their personality too. You can't you know, like. Pete Weber last weekend at the U.S. Open or two weekends ago, which is unbelievable, watching the emotions he went through up and down, and he'd be, he'd be like ready to rip heads off in one minute, and all of a sudden the 10th friend comes when he asks for a re-rack, and they said, you're out of re-racks, and he starts smiling, and I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, yeah, what an emotional swing. I don't know if he could throw the ball good, but he threw it great. So that's pretty amazing to me. So some, something in him keeps him 
regardless of the situation, an emotional level levelness, even though it doesn't look that way. So it's uh, it's that way in you know in, in, in our sport, all sports actually. In bowling, you got to keep you know pretty level all the time. So with the high school bowling, they uh, they do genuinely cheer and they do definitely uh, uh, pull for each other. It's it's uh, just a little different at college, I guess. Again, joining us is USBC Hall of Famer and Gold Certified Coach Bill Spigner. Bill, want to get you the hang on the line. Great stuff on high school and collegiate bowling. Want to have you come back, though, after the break and talk about the USBC Open pattern. There's been a lot of different opinions on how to attack the pattern, how to play it, and how to bowl on it. So I want to get your thoughts on it when you look at the graph and look at things. So, again, Bill Spigner, can you hang with us for one second? We're going to be right back. Again, Tim Berg goes to our Bill Spigner on the Above180.com podcast. That's coming up next. Looking to shoe up against the best in our sport? The Proprietors Cup is a true megabuck tournament. It takes place in Dayton, Ohio, July 12th through the 15th. If you think you have what it takes to compete against the best in the industry, then listen to this. The Ace Mitchell All-Star Team Challenge is a place where your five-man team can prove it and win $10,000. Here's how it works. Go to www.proprietorscup.com to fill out an entry blank. The singles event is slated for July 14th, and due to high demand, a women's and senior Megabucks tournament has been added. Check out their Facebook page and click like. Again, the website, proprietorscup.com, for all the details. This is Lee from BowlerX.com. If you're looking for the best prices and service after the sale on the Internet for bowling balls, shoes, bags, and accessories, come check out BowlerX.com. We carry products from all the major manufacturers. All in-stock orders ship out to you the same day. And best of all, we ship your items fully insured for free. That's right. We don't charge for shipping on any item we sell. Look for BowlerX.com at the 2012 USBC Open Championships in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In conjunction with the event, we will be awarding one lucky winner with a $500 gift certificate, good for anything we carry. Simply go to www.BowlerX.com between February 10th and June 30th, 2012, to register. We'd also like to congratulate John Tassano of Seabeck, Washington, who was the winner of our $750 Brunswick Arsenal giveaway. John walked away with four high-performance balls from Brunswick and a KR Strike Force four-ball roller bag. BowlerX.com is the online bowling superstore and a proud sponsor of Above180.com. Bill Spigner, Tim Berg, Joe Serrar here on the Above180.com podcast. Bill, next I want to move on and talk a little bit about the USBC Open pattern. There's been a lot of different opinions on how to play it. Me and Joey spoke to Mo Pinnell about a month ago. He had some very strong opinions on how he thought you should play the pattern. Want to get your initial thoughts on the pattern and then also talk about some of the scores that we've shot. We just had our first 3401, 3400 shot this week. So I want to get your thoughts on the USBC Open pattern. Yeah, it's uh, you know my my thoughts are along those lines. I had done an interview the week before, and I uh, said the same thing basically, and uh, not as in, in depth as Mo, but with you know I do I sport both sport sport leagues every week. I've been doing it for years, and and just a little bit about how you approach a sports shot, what your USBC pattern is is you always attack the lane where the least amount of oil is and close to 
where the oil starts blending upward. So with this pattern this year, it's wider than last year. It's a little shorter. It's a little flatter. So the least amount of oil is one through four. So you need to break the lanes down, in my opinion, somewhere around three, four, five. And, I, and I've been practicing on it. We have it at our center. And it looks like maybe four, five, six. If you get out too far to the right, you get into real flat, and you don't want to get your break point too far right. So I, I think four, five, six, and then as soon as you get done practicing, you may move a three and two or a two and one left to get onto the shot. So what, what I always tell people in practicing, you want the ball to go to the head pin or Brooklyn, not even try and hit the pocket because you want to wear away that oil in a parallel line going up to the head pin. So whatever oil you push goes up towards the pocket not away from it. And a lot of people get the mistake, they start breaking it down, going swinging like 12 to 5, so they're pushing the oil left to right instead of a little right to left for a right-hander. So I would like to have the team start a little further right and push the oil a little bit up towards the head pin and maybe even throw some spare balls down 15 to get a little bit of a carry down in that part of the lane too. But you only have 10 minutes to to to, to help set up the shot. But then after that, uh, the USB-C pattern moving in, and it moves into, from what I see so far, around 7, 8, 9 fairly fast. And then from there, you just follow it along. So you still got to break the lanes down further right. And all sport patterns, again, you, you go to the least amount of oil when, you, when you're with a group or if you're practicing by yourself and break down that part of the lane so you can build a little track and you get that two-to-one blend to be four-to-one. And that happens fairly fast if you erase it from the least amount of oil. And probably the PBA conditions, basically the only one you play anywhere else other than that is, is Shark, and you play that around 10-11 to break down, and then you move into 13-14. So it, it just, it's just common sense in looking at it, and you look for the most friction to break the lane down, and then you adjust off of that after practice. And, Bill, I want to get your thoughts also. People have said maybe playing them a little bit further to the left, play maybe starting around 10-11. What are your thoughts on people that start around that area of the lane? If you start playing around 10 there, I think you're going to be dead. I mean, you're going to be into the fifth arrow with a good team, and uh, you, you just don't create the, the hole. But, but uh, you know, the good teams are coming in at 3,400, and, and watching those guys on their little uh, USB on the website, they had some pictures of them in the third game. One guy looked like he was crossing around 12 at the arrows, going out to seven or eight. Another guy 15 out to eight, seven, eight, nine. So they were all getting the ball out to that point. But you got to realize that's the third game. There's almost 15 lines of lane bet on the game by the, uh, on the pair by then. So they can't possibly have started anywhere close to there. So I didn't see where they started. But if they didn't start near the gutter, they wouldn't be where they're at. They started at 10, they'd be at the fourth arrow, fifth arrow by then. So uh, I think that team really was prepared and, uh, to, and to get the young guys up in Wisconsin, another Wisconsin group. I know there's something wrong up in Wisconsin with this bowling stuff. But, uh, it's in the water. It's were, in the water, Bill. Yeah, I don't know. must be the cheese. But they were definitely well prepared, and obviously uh, they came. They came to play, and they had it uh, organized. And it's going to be a lot, a lot of good teams that are totally organized, and they're going to go in there. and And the other interview I did on it, they asked about the scoring. It's going to be low and everything. I said, well, the good teams are going to bowl okay because they'll they'll play as a team. And one of the things that this group said they play as a ten-person team. 
And for us and our team, the last two years is the first time we've ever played as a 10-person team, and we've had two high finishes, and plus we've had a lot more fun experience with our companion team, too. And I think, you know, it's not just your team. You have to play together as a team, and it's just, to me, normal bowling. And I know when I bowled on tour and years ago and early on, you know, in the lanes in the morning were tight. Again, Bill Spigner, thank you for taking some time. Very useful insight on the USBC Open pattern and how bowlers need to play it. Thank you for joining us today. Okay, thanks for having me, Tim and Joe. Uh, have a great day, and uh, see you guys soon. Bill, thanks again. Talk to you soon.